Hello, hello, hello. Hey. Hello. I am here with Vic and Anastasia. Yes, sir. And uh, we're going to start this thing off real quick because we got a lot to release. And so let's just start off with um, Anastasia. Why don't you introduce yourself? Because Vic's been on here already. That's mm-hmm. true. That's so. true. I better start talking before Vic takes all the time. No, yeah. I'm, um, I'm Anastasia, Vic's wife. Um, I am a uh, wife, a mother, uh, super passionate about a lot of things, but specifically women, something that we want to dive into today. Right, guys? (laughs) Um, Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for the honor and looking forward to our conversations. Mm -hmm. Love it. We're, I mean, we're on. We're honored to have both of you on here because uh, last time Vic killed it. Yeah. And people loved it. And so, like anybody, some people just love Vic. Yeah. So obviously they're gonna love yeah. you because you're just an extension of Vic. So right. now I got two Fomencos on the mic. It's dangerous. We might we yeah. might we might start interrupting it's, each other. And this is actually the first time we're doing three mics this time. So first we're, we're going for it. It's a it's first couple. It's a trinity over here. Yep. I got the whole thing Let's going do on. This. So this is completion <laughs> right here that we have going on. And so part of completion is uh, the like dynamic between marriage. That's right. <laughs> and so why don't we actually talk about very shortly just like the story of you guys uh, before marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's a good mm-hmm. place to start because we should kind of go into that. Mm-hmm. Should we start with me? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I actually grew up. Um, just fell in love with Jesus at a young age, um, at five years old, just really started to experience God. And I knew the Lord, but when it came to a purpose and destiny, I always feared, um, being in the spotlight, feared stepping out. And I think culturally, just in my upbringing, that was not, um, affirmed or encouraged. And so it's something that I was deathly afraid of, but I knew at some point the Lord would call me to that. And I think it's beautiful because marriage was actually, um, specifically marrying Vic (laughs) helped me go on this journey of facing those fears and discovering why, why and what it was the Lord had put on the inside of me. And when you're married, um, you'll know this, but it's like having a magnifying glass in your life because this person sees right through you. They see the good, the bad and the ugly and, and really start to call things out. And I think what Vic did was really start to go to those broken places in my life of why I was afraid of certain things and started to really help me go on this journey of discovering, Hey, you are meant for so much more. And so I think, um, in the first probably what three years of marriage that was a really deep deep journey it was painful but it was like painfully good for me because it was ultimately the Lord calling me out but using Vic in that process and so thank God for um his gift of um even just seeing that and his gift of communication to be able to identify what was really in me. Like, I think he saw me by the spirit. He saw me the way I didn't see myself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really the Holy spirit. And so I think that it was, um, oftentimes not a very pretty journey, but really God used him in my life to allow me to see how the enemy was actually most of my life trying to silence my voice and started to bring that out Mm -hmm. of me. So thank you, babe. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll <laughs> add to that as well. I think that, uh, we've been married for 12 and a half years now mm-hmm. going on 13, but I think the first few years of marriage, I didn't know how to probably draw the best out of you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even as a testimony, like I think because, uh, for me, some of the insecurities and fears and things that I walked through, I, and I, I thought I was pretty confident, but I didn't know how much brokenness I had, kind of like you said, right. marriage is a magnifying glass, but the brokenness in me was, uh, I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think that, um, you know, I was worthy and all that kind of stuff. And so that I projected kind of like some of my self insecurity, self hate self kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I would talk down to myself a lot. I had really, mm-hmm. really high expectations for myself, other people I would have grace for, uh, but not myself as much. And so I think getting married, 
uh, I became really comfortable with you almost like myself. So then some of that, I think negativity, criticism, correction, you were not trying being, to perfect. Me. Yeah. I was trying to improve because I think <laughs> the, best the, way. Yeah, the, the lie that I believed yeah. was that, you know, uh, where I'm at is not good enough. And so I always need to grow and improve. And, and the thing is, yeah, mm-hmm. we need to grow and improve, but I think it was it, it to a place where I was causing brokenness, both in me and in you. And actually it was interesting. Like when we were even, when I first met you like a few years before we were married, mm-hmm. uh, and then just watching you as we dated, as we were engaged, um, I think I watched you go from like a leader that I felt like was more, more confident. You had like a stage presence, you led a small group, you were a worship leader. And so at least in my perspective, like I thought you were pretty confident and had your voice. Yeah. Uh, and then when we got married, I think through yeah. me, like pointing out some of the nitty gritty stuff, I felt like after a few years, I actually shut you down. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you sent me on a deeper journey yeah. because I had that because I was in a comfort of you know, the church I grew up in, the people that really knew me, but then you kind of pulled me all, pulled me out of that in marriage. And I became this insecure, (laughs) a person that was trying to discover who I was because I didn't have, you know, my youth group and my status and all of these different things. And, but it did send me on a deeper journey. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's like the Lord even used that, like your brokenness to really Mm -hmm. develop me at a really crucial time. So kind of like what happened was, when did you guys move? Because the mm-hmm. move to Texas, right? Yep. We mm-hmm. had to move to Texas. So about right right after marriage? Mm-hmm. About a year uh, and a half or so. After marriage. Yeah. Okay, a year and a half. Yep. Where did you guys live for the first year and a half? In Seattle. Seattle. So we were mm-hmm. part of a church plant there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Church, yep. And so just like immediately anesthesia, you were just out of out of your element. Right. Just total unfamiliar, right. unfamiliarity, right? And right. it was... Uh, what church was this? It was City Bible, right? Uh, actually, Image Church up in Image Seattle. Oh, okay. So yeah, so Anastasia went through, I mean, she left her family, a baby of 14 kids, really close with her family, left her church, her ministry, like everything she knew, everything she was familiar with really kind of left that and moved to a new city, a new church plant. Like we had mm-hmm. already kind of planted the church and so kind of got thrown in. So I think it was a combination of things like I was figuring out who I was, you were trying to figure out your new identity, being married to me, you know? And I think it was like, this season where, man, like the first couple years of marriage, even like probably the first four or five years of marriage, like in at the time I would have been like, man, our marriage is awesome. But yeah. looking back compared to like where we've now, grown now, yeah. it's like, man, <laughs> the, it was rough. Like yeah. we struggled, like that we went through some serious like tensions in it terms was, of like rubbing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was a lot of deep soul stuff that we need to, needed to face. And I'm so glad we did early on because that set us up for where we are today. That really, really set me on a journey of inner healing that I had no idea I needed because, you know, in my culture, it was like, oh, you're going through stuff. Just, you know, put it under the rug, sweep it. And you're good. You're good. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you're good. And so, um, the Lord really taught me to be honest in that, in that season to mm-hmm. really, really identify brokenness and deal with it head on. And so it's amazing because when we did, by the time after Texas, we moved to Ventura, that's where that, that deep work had, um, continued. And so after that year, I think I, was always a Christian. I was always in the church, but for the first time in my life, I tasted freedom like never before. And so for me, it just completely unraveled me and put me on a journey of just such, um, hunger to see the same in other people. And Mm -hmm. so that's when I really, really started to, um, understand how important freedom and healing internally is. And yeah, so I think that all, you know, all of that Mm -hmm. really brought us to that to that place. Yeah, I think what happened was as in your childhood, mm-hmm. there was obviously some like trauma and things like yeah. that that happened in your life that we didn't kind of know how to deal with. So yeah. we got married and I think in uh in instead of me necessarily like in, especially those first probably like 3 to 4 years until right. you know we got to Ventura and started the kind of that healing journey through like Genesis process for both of us, um we didn't really know like how to I didn't know how to like probably like speak life over you, draw your voice out, draw mm-hmm. who you really were out. Cause I think marriage started exposing the, some of the stuff that was right. easy to mask before. Cause it's like before, like you had everything together, you know, worship yeah. leader, small group leader, yeah. leader in the you church. You can have a good image yeah. as a single person and get away with it totally. in marriage. It's like, and then same for me as well. Right. Like, you know, I was involved in things. And so like on the outside, it's like, man, here are these two amazing Christian yeah. leaders 
involved in ministry in their church together. It's going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden the magnifying glass comes on and all of a sudden their souls are brokennesses and yeah. And, and, and the holes in your soul start to get magnified and you're like, wow, I thought yeah. I was good. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the stuff that like you had gone through and thought that you were healed, delivered, set free, then all of a sudden started mm-hmm. coming to the surface mm-hmm. and light. Mm-hmm. And I think I didn't know how to be there for you initially for mm-hmm. the first few years of marriage. And then later on, I think as we healed, I think the Lord showed us some amazing lessons of how to actually speak life and encouragement right. over someone so that they actually start to blossom, how to like water someone with your words, your affirmation, your grace, so that they can flourish and become who really they were. And I think mm-hmm. we haven't seen the real Anastasia, like who God's really called you to be. I think mm-hmm. more and more and more recently over the last you know few years, and especially even like more recent, mm-hmm. you've started to really blossom and flourish into who you really are, but that's taken Years and years Absolutely. Of, of a journey. And I think even just looking back, the enemy is always after destiny and seed form. And so looking back now at my journey, I see, oh, like I was even having a conversation with my mom yesterday and she, she was reminded, she was, she reminded me of her pregnancy with me because I'm pregnant right now. And she was talking about what the doctors had told her about me and how I was going to be deformed and all these different things that she had a lot of deficiencies in her body and how it was going to be mute. Mm. And then as a severe stutterer as a kid, which a lot of people don't know this, I I was a hardcore stutterer and I could see how all of that was the enemy's way of mm-hmm. choking me out and, yeah. and not, and, and at, you know, at seed form, but yet I love that God still takes all of that and gives and, and almost my platform came out of that broken mm-hmm. place. It was like, that was my testimony. That was, yeah. you know, my yeah. journey. And so purpose tends to be revealed through those, you know, through the attacks through of the, the enemy. Yeah. So like at a young age, probably what age were you when you started to stutter? So when I started to speak, when I started to talk, um, up till age 15, it was really strong. And then I really, really started to, um, really just go at it (laughs) with like, even just, there was a lot, like I went to therapy and it's funny. They always told me that if I, um, to sing my words, which was ironic because I was singing too. <laughs> so it's funny. The Lord really used worship to bring healing because they're like, when, you know, when you're, when your vocal cords are stressed, you start singing your words. So like, hello, my name is Anastasia because you get silenced when you start to speak. It's like your voice locks. Mm-hmm. And so they, they taught me to sing my words. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's beautiful because God actually used singing and worship in my life to, to help set me free and, and, you know, see others be healed and free. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. So like initially, like from the start of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Because those were probably the formational years. Yes. Like what were some of the lies that maybe you had encountered through that five-year period, right? Mm-hmm. Five years or three years? Mm-hmm. As far as what? Um, just like lies or th- maybe things that you yeah. oh, took got it. with it, you. And like, it, you're talking about in the first years of our marriage mm-hmm. together? That maybe got like, because uh, I think a lot of people could easily relate to that, especially yeah. in the beginning because it's a, Obviously, it's a big transition period right. for the rest of your life. You're partnering with somebody. And so anytime you start working with somebody, things are bound to come up. Right. You know? What would you say? Yeah. I mean, one, I think one of the biggest lies that we believed is that uh, you marry someone and then you marry and you see potential in them. And you're like, wow, like they're going to get improved more and more and more. Right. And you almost like you you sometimes you believe the lie that like. I, they're going to get a more amazing and they're going to grow and I'm marrying someone, but they're on a journey. Yeah. And so sometimes we almost like have this expectation of our spouse that the weaknesses that we see, like we're almost blinded to them initially, like in, yeah. in, in dating and engagement. And you're like, oh, they're just, they're working through, they're going to grow out of it. And so we sometimes almost marry and expect the potential rather than the reality. And then I think it's that expectation that eventually sets you up for a lot of frustration. Cause when you're like, sure. after a few years, you're like, yo, this hasn't really changed. And you weren't cool with marrying them, someone with where they're at. You wanted them to marry, you know, like the mm-hmm. expectation of that. So I think one of the lies Most that- Most people aren't though. If, yeah. you're, if you're honest, like even in premarital counseling, when we did premarital counseling, when you ask a couple, hey, are you okay with marrying this person and them not changing? Ever, anything. Ever. Mm. 
because most okay. people are thinking about potential. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I was. I'm like, give it ten years. Oh, look at mm-hmm. this Bible teacher. He's mm-hmm. so amazing. He loves the Word of God. He's mm-hmm. gonna <laughs> transform the world. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he's like mean here and there, but like that's no big deal. <laughs> right. you know? And you look, right. and, yeah, you look <laughs> yeah. over, you look over certain things. Yeah. And then I think you're surprised and disappointed. And I think mm-hmm. the key is, isn't that like, hey, like don't get married until you find the right person. I think we people are on a journey, but I think what, what I learned was to now that I've learned is like, Hey, like actually if I don't have an expectation, but I just become love, then I won't be disappointed. No matter what happens, I'm not disappointed. I don't need my wife to change. Yes. I am just going, I'm just going to continue to be transformed in the image of God and I'm going to be good no matter what yes. uh, is before me. And I think that's a healthier perspective um, to come into marriage. But I think, I think that's one of the big lies that kind of like we believed early on probably. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think that carried more over from singleness or like from family or was that more of just like a... I don't know. Insecurity? I think, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I think it's kind of a, this idea. I, I think it's a human thing. I don't know if there was anything, any route to it specifically, but I think a human thing sometimes we expect mm-hmm. someone to develop and grow and become better, you know, become a better person themselves. Because I think mm-hmm. we have the expectation on ourselves and so we, we put that on someone else and then we're yeah. disappointed by that. But I guess that is one thing to bring up, like the idea that you can play God in a relationship yeah. right. and change somebody. Mm-hmm. And tried that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the term for it, some people take it to an extreme and they call it missionary dating where it's like, yeah, does this person really like where they need to be spiritually? It's like, no, but you know, like they have a good heart and we're going to try our best. I think sometimes people yeah. settle really, really low. And they, they assume, yeah, but they have a good heart. Yeah, they come to church with me. They're going to be totally okay. And then yeah. actually the crazy thing about the lie you believe is that actually that this person is going to keep growing and that they're showing you where they're really at. But really what they're doing is they're showing you their best foot. So like in marriage and engagement in a relationship, you're, you're really seeing someone's best foot forward. Yeah. Like that's the most self-controlled they're going to be. Yeah. That's the most like reserved and gracious they're going to be. So like you, you go out and we eat a meal together and I'm like, Hey, let's share it. You know, like that's the most gracious I'm going to be. Cause marriage, after like, marriage, that to me. it's like, yo, that's my food. Get your own food. You know what I mean? Like, so people, sometimes people don't realize like, Oh wow. Like he's such a gentleman. It's like, yo, that's, that's like the max of the goodness that I have yeah. is what I showed. And then it's like, they're going to keep growing. So like they're here, but I really need them to be an eight. Right now they're like a five, but look, look, they're yeah. so close. So essentially yeah. like what you see, just dial yes. it back yeah. like 25, yeah. 50%. Yes. And that's actually a solid 50%. Because yeah, you, you really don't know who someone is until <laughs> pressure starts to like hit them. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the old nature habit to, to change someone. And I'm so thankful because there was a time in my life the Lord specifically started to speak to me about the power of one, the power of one person being changed, healed, transformed. And that really is what helped your transformation. Like what yes. did you say? Big time. Because I finally realized, oh, if it never changes, then I got to get somewhere in life. Like <laughs> I got to go on this journey myself. And so, it, but it's amazing because when you go on that journey yourself, it becomes a testimony to the people that are closest to you mm-hmm. because real transformation is what your spouse says about you. It's not about the people that see you. And you privately, know, right? Right, privately. right. It's like what if it, it really comes down to what is what does your spouse say about you? How are you at home? What do your children say about you? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most powerful testimony. And for me, I just decided that I was going to go on that journey. And when I did, it was funny because that is what helped bring Vic's transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that you did kind of in our marriage that really caused transformation for me, and it was a lesson for me of how I can actually even be a support to you. And then, you know, like I started to blossom because of how you were right. behaving towards mm-hmm. me. And then as I became that, then I, I was able to even bring some life and help mm-hmm. you to blossom. And so it's kind of like this chain reaction. But I think um, one of the things that we think, we think that, oh, if I just let my spouse know where they're kind of broken, missing, and if, if, if I point <laughs> out all of their flaws, then they'll be motivated to change. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lie we believe big time. And yeah. so we think it's our job and our duty to actually like to vocalize everything that isn't like good in character and this and that. Right. And I think after a few years, I mean, we were in Ventura probably for a couple of years already. So there's probably five, six, seven years in a marriage, maybe, you know, uh, yeah, probably at least six years in a marriage. I think Anastasia just was like, almost gave up like, 
man, Vic's not going to change. I'm going to stop telling him where he needs to change. And I'm just going to actually pray and let the Lord bring him a revelation. Because I think Mm. you realize that I was so harsh towards myself and then it overflowed into you. And then it overflowed into like London being a young girl. And even the way I started parenting her, you know, London's almost eight now, but probably she was like two, six years ago. Like I was like not happy with where I was just like how I was treating Mm -hmm. you, London. Like I was Mm -hmm. just, I was giving you guys the leftovers. And Mm -hmm. I think I remember you praying, like you stopped like addressing me like, babe, like you need to give us, you need to give it time, attention, this and that. Like instead of addressing it, I think one year you're just like, Lord, I'm just going to pray for him. Like God, Vic needs a revelation of of the love of the father. Mm-hmm. And Anastasia wrote that in her journal and started really actually just like yeah. praying that I would encounter the love of the father. And I remember when she stopped talking and the Lord started giving me revelation, mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. changed my world. Yeah. Cause like when she would give me correction, I would take it offensively. Like, well, I'm not good enough. What's wrong with me? Fine. Like it would put this wall between us. But when the Lord started correcting me, cause he knows the approach, right? Like that caused a lot of revelation transformation in my life. And I think that taught me a lesson for you too, that I think one of the biggest um, lessons in marriage I learned is that I can either talk to my wife about where I think she should improve, or I can talk to the Holy Spirit. And he's so much better at talking to my wife than I am. And uh, that there's so much that his approach, Mm -hmm. he's very gracious, he's very kind, he's very gentle, (laughs) and he knows how to speak to us. And so I think think sometimes we think it's our job to see growth in someone Mm -hmm. rather than like, give them space, love on them and let Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit bring that correction. Mm -hmm. So I think as we both started to do that in marriage, that was revolutionary for us. I think if we ever like, you know, uh, get stuck in marriage, I think it's when we start taking on the role of the Holy Spirit in each other's lives and start being like point, point, point to stuff. Mm -hmm. And it causes like, you know, tension. Yeah. Right. Do you think it's more of like, between you two, uh, a conversation that's very honest and truthful, but at the same time, maybe not trying to correct in the moment, but just like conveying how you feel and then kind of giving space or like, how does that look like, especially when it comes to, um, figuring out disagreements, Mm -hmm. um, or, someone someone recognizes an issue in somebody right and so how do you deal with it do you deal with it in the moment do you give time like what we're, is the, we're very good. in the moment people okay. so <laughs> like you want to talk hey, through let's, everything yeah. yeah let's let's figure this out right yeah. now and we're not going to bed until like, yeah that kind well of thing. it's funny because Vic and I have I think we've we've helped set other marriages free because a lot of times people in marriages, when they're struggling, they feel like they have to struggle alone and then show... And no one knows. Yeah, yeah and then, then show the face. best version yeah. of themselves mm-hmm. to everyone else. And we just... I mean, our roommates know. They knew all of our, all of our shenanigans. Yeah. A, a, a good amount of our marriage, we actually had roommates. Because we just were like, we're going to be open about this. And I yeah. think that really helped set people free in the sense that they felt safe with us to come to us. And so I think anytime there's any kind of disagreement, we're not afraid to tackle it there and then because we respect each other enough to Mm -hmm. where we can handle the tension, Mm -hmm. but it's also served as even just openness, that Mm -hmm. openness and transparency that really, it probably takes a lot of maturity. I'm sure that like early on, maybe did you guys ever try doing that? Like sitting down? I was real. I was really awkward about it. I was like, you're not talking about this. We're pretending everything is good. And and I will like, you know, at the table, we've we've evolved to talk through stuff. We have. And at the table with people, I would be more the one, like, I need to talk about it now. And you'd be more Mm -hmm. like, give me space. Don't talk to me. And you would kind of run. Right. Right. And now over time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we've learned, and I think you brought up a couple of different things there. I think yeah. there's a couple of principles there. I think when it comes to disagreements, miscommunications, communication, I think you have to communicate, communicate, communicate. You have to get on the same page. Yeah. When it comes to you're seeing an issue in the person, I think that's when you actually, instead of addressing it. So I think miscommunications or communication must happen, but fixing the person is what I think we should actually it's not, not our is not our job. Being, so, so being content with who the person is now. Yes. And, and then, the way, I think the way that, like if I see that Anastasia needs to grow into something, instead of speaking mm-hmm. to what she's not, if I speak to who she is becoming, because someone will always, 
um, gr- uh, grow to what you speak to. Whatever you speak to will rise up. And so if I speak to insecure Anastasia, I'm going to see more of that. If I speak mm-hmm. to confident Anastasia, mm-hmm. I'm going to see more of that. So whatever you speak to. So if I'm seeing a lack somewhere, it doesn't take a genius to be like, hey, you're really frustrated all the time. Right. Like that's not going to help the situation mm-hmm. to call that out. Mm-hmm. She probably knows that. I know that. What's going to help is actually when she does ex- show patience or this or that. I'm like, wow, babe, like I really have seen you develop like how much you're growing and just the way, how patient you are, how gentle you are. Like, and I think as we started to encourage the opposite and find moments to encourage and speak life, we saw the most fruit in our life. Right. Cause I think, I think that's what the Holy spirit does to us. Cause like sometimes we think the Holy spirit points to all of our sins and all of our issues. And actually he's convicting the world of their unbelief, but mm-hmm. for believers, he's actually convicting us of our righteousness because right. mm-hmm. whatever he speaks to rises up. Mm-hmm. So as the Holy spirit speaks to our righteousness, we become more like him. And I think in marriage, sometimes we do the opposite. We speak to the brokenness, hoping the brokenness will go away when we're actually we're just putting more pressure on a wound and it's not healing. It's actually getting worse. And so I think one of the things that we've learned is that you call someone what, as like Abraham said, he spoke to things that were not as though they already were. Right. You speak to the dry bones and you don't call them dead. You call them, you call them to life. Uh, and I think that is a huge, for huge sure. principle and then for us. Second Corinthians five, Paul talks about evaluating one another, no longer by the flesh, mm-hmm. but seeing each other by the spirit. And I think that was key too. Wouldn't you say huge. it's seeing like what you're saying, seeing mm-hmm. each other as if we were already. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. with, you know, purpose and empowerment and all of these different things we want our spouses to do. Oftentimes as wives, we don't know how to motivate our husbands, but because we're doing it the wrong way, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of getting the Holy Spirit's eyes on and saying, yeah. Holy Spirit, how can I speak life in this area? Not how can I, you know, change him in this area, but how can I speak life and, and, and allow, you know, God yeah. to do that. And so that's I the whole idea even behind, big... behind prayer mm-hmm. is that you're not just praying for the, per, for the Holy spirit to correct the person, but you're actually praying like, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see them, how you right. see them. Cause when I start seeing Anastasia, the way God sees her, I'm now going to speak. Melt. Yes, <laughs> I do. I mean, absolutely. Cause you not only by the spirit, but by the flesh and by the soul, you're amazing. Yeah. In every way. Um, But yeah, but especially when I see you by the spirit now, instead of like overanalyzing, being critical, I can actually, you know, speak, speak to that stuff. Because you're you're honoring truth over what you visibly see. Exactly. Over the fact. Mm -hmm. You're actually speaking to truth, who she is by the spirit rather than the facts Mm -hmm. of like what she's becoming. And so because, because of like, obviously honor within marriage, that activated a lot of things because obviously honoring activates people. Um, cause it, it creates like an expectation, but it's, it's for people to like grow into. Yeah. Like, Hey, like this is yes. where you're at. Right. And so, um, through your marriage, you mm-hmm. guys honored one another. And so because of that, I didn't mean both of you guys have thrived. Both yes. of you guys are like living your yes. best life. Um, Absolutely. when we learned honor, that's when we started to thrive mm-hmm. like crazy. Um, honoring each other's gifts, you know, honoring each other's yeah. anointings, honoring each other's strengths, even in marriage. Like there's certain things like even from the soul realm, like parent that she's stronger. There's certain things like organizationally or finances or whatever it may be that she's stronger. And instead of being like, well, that makes me less than being like, wow, I'm so glad I have a partner that's strong here mm-hmm. that I don't have to be strong in every area. Yeah, I can just have my own strengths. And I think before you almost are like, well, if she's strong in this, that means I stink. I'm garbage. <laughs> What's wrong with me? And it's like, no, no, no. Like fullness doesn't come on a person. Fullness comes on the body of Christ. Yeah. And so the different members. So I think that is huge. Yeah. Cause if you only focus obviously on the problems and the lack, like what I, what I kind of feel like what happens is the gifting or the talent starts to recede and, and kind of right. hides itself and like hides away. And eventually mm-hmm. if it happens long enough, it'll just disappear. Yes. Like it just goes away. Um, and the passion goes away. And so obviously because of honor, um, you kind of launched into, uh, like leading up to this, like mm-hmm. uh, women's ministry, right? Yeah. Where, where did, where did that start? Because obviously, well, was the purpose behind it was to, was it to reach mm-hmm. women in a similar, mm-hmm. like, uh, story, like right. who had a similar right. story? Yeah. I think honestly, our, our entire life together led up to it. Cause now that I think back 
wild is just a bigger picture of so what God, wild is what wild yes it stands mm-hmm. for women in leadership development yes. not just it's an acronym wild women yeah oh wild and and, <laughs> we, and just to, to for, for are, the listeners to, to describe so right. probably how many years ago did you go to like a wild group or a small group it was like a 10 well week I, yeah journey. i was gonna say that um there 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 was a group that i had attended that i kind of um picked up this idea from um but obviously in the development process in the last, in the last year, it kind of became so much more than, you know, that small group that I attended. Uh, but I think honestly, it's not even about, it's not even about the, it's not even about what it is now. It's the journey leading up to it. And when I think back, um, it's those moments that I just even was, the Lord just reminded me this week of how many moments wild was unseen for so many years. It was like taking, you know, Mm -hmm. those broken women into my home, like leading them into healing and Mm -hmm. freedom. And now it's just on a bigger scale and everybody sees it. And they're like, Oh, how did you do this? This is so awesome. Like, I want to do something like this. Let me tell the backstory a little bit because most people don't know what you're involved with right now. Well, I'll explain. Okay. Got it. I'm getting there. Okay. Um, so, so long story short, moving here, um, that was when God really started to highlight, um, specifically a more, like a, giving me a bigger, Mm -hmm. like a bigger vision for seeing a lot of women developed at the same time, because I'm like, okay, how can we do this bigger and faster and, and, um, help see, help see a bigger result. And so, um, that's when this whole idea kind of came into play and we were actually in Europe, um, resting. And when you rest, God does a lot of great things. Yeah. This was like, not this summer, but the last summer. Yes. So summer of 2019, we were in Europe right before we moved here to the Northwest. Right. And so it was funny because we went on this, we went on this sabbatical and felt like we were, we were going to like do something together, write a curriculum or, and I just kept telling Vic, I'm like, we're going to be doing something like, okay, we just have to, you know, carve out this time and just sit down and like write together or or do something. And I whole the whole time I thought it was, I thought it was going to be together, but really as I was going on these walks every single morning we were somewhere in the Swiss Alps and Austria mm-hmm. and the Lord just, the Lord just kept giving this idea to me of, um, I want you to develop women on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And at the time, obviously we were in transition. We hadn't even moved to the Northwest yet. Um, and I had no idea what it would look like, but I just mm-hmm. kept seeing this picture of just multiple women going through these courses and specifically what wild is it's, why I'm so passionate about it is because it it's, it's a nine week, um, program, uh, but it really helps women go on a journey and discover their purpose through their own story. It's like, it's not something I need to pick up, not all these like, you know, giftings I need to develop. It's Mm -hmm. more like recognizing and looking inward to what God has already given you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so the idea really was birthed last summer. And then when we moved and, um, uh, I kind of, you know, I was thinking, I don't know, I don't know who's, who's going to do this. Nobody really knows what this is. You know, mm-hmm. I just throwing, started throwing this idea out to some women and here we are on, uh, our third, third semester third round. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, Israel, the testimonies, because the whole purpose of wild in the end, there's something we do at the end called a passion project Mm -hmm. and women go on this journey. And as they're discovering the Lord and identity and, and as they're discovering their purpose, they, um, end up with this project and it actually just happens to them because, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they go on this journey. It's not something that they even have to search for. And so we've, we've had like, nonprofits launch like small businesses, women that just it. dreamed of small businesses being open, not just like within the church and not just ministry, but yeah. uh, ideas that they thought that they could never achieve because mm. they were limited because they yeah. were a woman, they were a mom of five kids and they thought they, you know, they were, yeah. I think that's an interesting perspective yeah. to bring up just cause I think there is a vacancy. Yeah. Um, like there is a vacancy in like, obvi- and I think in the whole nation, um, or maybe even globally, there's just a vacant seat that women aren't filling. Right. And so I think the world recognizes it or just like, we'll just say West, Western civilization, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it's a major topic right now is that, uh, there's, that there's a lack of, uh, woman presence. Yes. And so 
the the world's perspective to attack that is to shame and put down you know like this shame and this honor culture right right um but what what i what i think needs to happen is uh, honoring and empowering so we can rather than like it's it's not that even men need to come down but i think it's acknowledging like what we're missing by there being a vacancy yes by what is what is missing from um, not just church, but the community as far as businesses and uh, family and, and you know, in yes. academics, w- whatever it is, like there's a perspective that's missing. There's uh, a different way of approaching things that's missing. Um, communication is different between men and women. Just mm-hmm. that, that whole process is different. Um, and so, like, I guess it brings up the question why empower women right Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. before you can even approach like what 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 do you do how what how should we approach it um it's more important to acknowledge and understand why we're doing something right so because i i I, i'm all for it too like i I really believe in empowering because i think that there are a lot of areas that um because it's a partnership too right it's Mm -hmm. it's it's not men or women it's a partnership between the two and so um, both are meant to fill the gaps of inadequacies between both. And so when you only have one performing, the other isn't. And yeah. so you have whatever 50% that's not being taken care of. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I guess. Vic can kind of give you the theological view on this, but <laughs> I think it's fascinating because if you go through the gospels, how many interactions Jesus has with women is powerful, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that if anybody was controversial for that day and age, it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, look at, look at the women, woman that came with the alabaster jar to be in the presence of all those men. To, I don't know, to weave her way into being at his feet. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking controversial stuff, but Jesus never put limits on w- whether it was a woman or a man, like at, at, at uh, the woman at the well, same thing. And I think I, I have never felt that limit specifically because I think Jesus never put that limit. So for, for me, like my theology is, you know, people have a lot of opinions, you know, with the, with like the biblical perspective of it. But I, when I look at Jesus, I feel like, he wants me to be everything that that he has put on the inside of me without a limit. And yeah. so I think you're right. There are so many, actually, there's a lot of, even with feminism, there's this other extreme of just, you know, brokenness in women trying to become something or reach something. And I think it, it, it is, it, it's coming out of mm. also insecurity. Yeah. I think another topic is mm-hmm. even, well, cause you brought up the well, right. um, like you wouldn't see a man going out midday to collect water, even right. if he had, five wives right you wouldn't see that so the treatment between a man and a woman in that time was like well if a man had five wives he can still go out when everybody else gets water because Mm. it's culturally appropriate but for a woman it's the reverse opposite it's it's you get ostracized you get cast out demonized you are a you know uh uh, a, a, a scarlet yeah or a harlot harlot, harlot. yeah it's not a scarlet yeah i think just to even touch on what you guys are talking yeah. about i think the need to empower women i think jesus did it, it you know he was in a culture where like what you're talking about with the mm-hmm. the put down women ostracized them mm-hmm. but jesus activated and empowered them and spoke yes. of them i think paul was one that activated women sometimes people misunderstand a couple passages like in first corinthians or in timothy and they think the Paul silenced women and actually nothing can be further from the truth. I can't wait to actually do like a teaching or maybe a mini book on, on that idea. But I think in this, in this day, in this last day where we're going to see part of the amazing move of God, that's going to happen for globally, a huge part of it's going to actually be women. Um, I know that for certain, I know that there's been since almost like the beginning of time, almost like culturally, this yeah. suppression of women that yeah. is not in God's nature. It's not in God's heart. Mm-hmm. And as you know, cause like to me, it's almost as if like, is God the father and God, the Holy spirit, are they, is one less than the Struggling other? Does one serve power. the other <laughs> or are they co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent, mm-hmm. co, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? And so I think 
when we recognize that both sides, like all the, all the parts of the Godhead are co-equal and that from that Godhead came both male and female and that in Christ, Paul says that there's neither male nor female, neither slave nor free, neither Greek nor Gentile. So yeah. I think, or no, it's, you know, uh, Jew or Jew nor Greek, or Jew nor Gentile. So mm-hmm. I think when we recognize that, I think that's part of the movement of what God is doing in the mm-hmm. earth. I think he's restoring the, the voice the gifts, the calling, you know, um, of women. And I'm really excited mm-hmm. about that. Like, I think the Lord has shown that to me and I've been able to, you know, be, even be a champion for that, for my wife, for others. And I want to, I want to even from a, as a Bible teacher, as a Bible guy, I want to be a champion for that. Cause I really believe that's the nature of God. It's, it's what Jesus did. I believe it's what Paul did. Um, but yeah, so I think I love that the Anastasia was really kind of at the foundation of birthing this um, program, this ministry called Wild Women in Leadership Development, and now takes takes about twenty to twenty five women per rotation, and really uh, through from healing to freedom to confidence to communication to, to then activating them to, yeah. to their voice. Like you're really giving mm-hmm. a voice to a huge group of people that are supposed to transform the world. And I think mm-hmm. that's so beautiful now to see that this just here, just here in Vancouver, Portland area, that now the third group of women of like right now there's what 24, 25 women mm-hmm. that are registered, and, and already the fourth group is already like is that full already? Yeah. Well, so we're expanding. You're expanding, so we're gonna oh, do, and you're going to launch a couple groups multiple, at the same time. Yeah. But like, there's already like a lot of women mm-hmm. that. Cause, and I'm I'm realizing that there's such a lack and a gap in yeah. this area. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful because we've never had to advertise it once. Women talk. <laughs> they they the power of a woman's testimony just it bleeds through everything. Mm. So as they receive their healing and transformation and it bleeds into their marriage and and their children, they quickly yeah, they they quickly get so loud, and I have all these women contacting me. I'm like, where that you who don't to- know what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I told my neighbor about it, and she told her friend about it, and now they all want to join. And I think that's just even the beauty of like we see the same thing in in, in the gospels. You know, when mm-hmm. Jesus was resurrected, mm-hmm. like it, it's, <laughs> it's providing so much value. Yes, it's, it pro- it provides a uniqueness, like in the in the form of uh, propping up women. Yeah. Yeah. that you can't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't even matter who they are or what they believe. Right. Everybody wants it. It's such a desirable right. thing. Right. Because it's not just a Christian thing. It's not just, Absolutely. It's, it's, not, um, it's not like a Muslim thing. It's not like a Hindu thing. It's not yeah. even like uh, an agnostic thing. It's simply like a human condition thing yeah. to put down somebody. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. And so naturally mm-hmm. there's always going to be a group trying to push something down, mm-hmm. push, wow. pushing a people down, yeah. oppression. And so it, like it, it's such an attractive thing that even personally, I believe that um, it will draw people in who don't have the same values, but because of what it's providing to them, like mm-hmm. the freedom, um, people will be drawn to be disciple, quote unquote, discipled by it. And so, what it does is it's generating uh, people who want to be discipled and are willing to disciple, which right. is the best combo you can have. And so, and it's necessary to have people who want to change and all that stuff. And so I think when someone goes through something their whole life and then they hear that there's an alternative solution, for whatever reason, it sparks something in them and they get really passionate about it and they want right. to just go after it. Right. Yeah. And so for women, I think that that is a thing that like, um, very few women feel uh, like they can just go do whatever they want or right. like that, that like every, every possibility is endless that yes. like you can go do whatever you want. Um, and so I think opening up that conversation, like, Hey, you can go do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, like there are infinite possibilities yeah. or opportunities for you. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and the biggest thing I think too, is a lot of women that we've had even come through, they've, you know, been successful at something they've built their careers, but the problem was that the, all their identity was in that. And now, um, for whatever reason they've hit the top there and they're like, well, what do I do? Who am I? Like, what have I obtained? And it really, it really takes anybody back to that place of, okay, who is God and who am I in him? 
and discover your real purpose, right? Because everybody, everybody's searching for purpose in life. And I think that that's the beauty of creating that space is really allowing anybody, like you said, it doesn't, Mm. it doesn't even matter. I mean, we had a, we had a, like a girl join that she pretty much got saved the week before Mm -hmm. and she's in the same group going through this at the same pace but there's just this beauty of hey it doesn't matter what you've achieved it doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done or maybe you're just a a mom in survival mode (laughs) i I think even when you when you when you find fullness in who you are as a person that's really when you find purpose absolutely because then your your blinders are off and you're not yes. so focused on self yes. like insecurities you're focused more on now you're focusing on other people yeah because the attention has been drawn off yourself and now now your eyes are everywhere and you're looking what's around yeah. you what you can touch and what you can do and so now you're really stepping into your calling right and Good. so right. that that I think is super important just because in in America we're super mm-hmm. about individualism Mm -hmm. right so we're focused on us and so it's funny because the first question like they ask in kindergarten is like what's your dream what do you want to do like um like what's Mm -hmm. your purpose Mm -hmm. and that's the first question but typically our purposes are self-satisfying absolutely and so but when you're satisfied on the inside you're not looking to satisfy yourself you're looking to satisfy others now yeah totally Mm -hmm. and just that thought of we go through this we go through the surrender topic and it's just, there's so much beauty in surrender because when you Come allow on. that seed to go into the ground, Jesus said, unless a seed falls to, to the, the ground, ground and, and dies, dies, it can't, can't produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of surrendering that mm-hmm. purpose to the Lord and watch him awaken it. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, that's the, that's the, Probably the thing that excites me the most is when something is surrendered, it's that much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Now it's not just a seed in your hand. It's going to be a forest mm-hmm. and good. the lives that are going to be impacted. It's for eternity and endless. Yeah. I think um, back to a question even that you asked earlier about like, so what are some of the lies we believe coming into marriage? I think one of the lies, especially like for Anastasia being a Slavic woman, sometimes that's almost Slavic woman. That's some, something that's almost like put on that, like, I don't know, subculture of people right. here in America is a lie that your greatest calling is to be a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool calling. And I think being a mom or raising your kids is good, but I think that I don't think that's a calling for women. I think or that's vice a calling. versa yes. in America. It's no, you have to have a career. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but, but the lie you come into is like, so to me, it's like, hey, your your calling is to be a mom. It's like, wait, I thought, I, th- I thought, I thought the dad and the mom were supposed to raise the kids. I thought that was the calling of both. Yeah, it's this either or thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's either or. But like, I think the, one of the lies is that like, okay, well, I found my purpose. And I think sometimes women, maybe Slavic women more, I don't know, maybe maybe women in general, hide behind like the wife and the mom, and they never really activate like mm-hmm. the call of God at a higher level for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes that almost gets suppressed because there's not, there's not even a voice that's given. Um, and I think that's one of the lies that we believe that like, that's our only purpose. And like, that's one of the things that we do on this earth, but that's not the only thing. God doesn't, mm-hmm. God doesn't, we're not just here to be a baby birthing, baby raising chamber, but <laughs> each of us has something that we can bring. Right. And so just speaking of uh-huh. yeah, like that's good. A, a, a woman that like there's, there's more, but you know, what's interesting is I remember a time where that's all I wanted because yeah. I could hide behind that because yeah. my purpose and the dreams that God put inside of me freaked me out because yeah. it was, it, it was this, it was me, you know, <laughs> even getting on a mic, it freaked me out. So my like, God, I just want to be a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. And that's then, my calling. right. Cause you have and, the security of your home. Yeah. I mean, I don't have kids, but yeah. I can imagine that like, and you, feel you know, safe. yeah, we had our first child. Oh, it took us a while. And then we had our first child and our second one didn't come I'm like oh god I have to I have to do something with my life <laughs> and I, I think just even the beauty of just even seeing women yeah. come into wild a lot of them are in that place where they've yeah. raised the kids they've done everything in the home it's and now life. they're like oh, what do I do with my life yeah. <laughs> their just, calling is over yeah so <laughs> this loss of identity in in a sense and they're oh, wow. rediscovering that and that's even more beautiful yeah it's interesting yeah. that people take that up as an identity yeah yeah, yeah oh true. yeah or the opposite, like they'll take up their career as an identity. And mm-hmm. now they're like, I can't sacrifice my career or my dreams 
to get married because now all of a sudden, because in a marriage and as a parent, mm-hmm. that's a level of sacrifice. I think yes. marriage is like almost like maybe elementary school of sacrifice. And then when you have kids, all of a sudden now you're like in grad, you go from elementary to like graduate school <laughs> of like death to self and sacrifice. And I think sometimes like in our society, sometimes like, you know, here in America, like people so value individualism, career path, this and that, that sometimes it's like, no, why would I get bogged down in a marriage and in a family when that's going to deactivate me? So I think there's like, sometimes you can like hide behind one or the other Mm -hmm. rather than the beauty of like, hey, like I get the privilege of being a wife and a mom, but I'm also more than that. Or like I get the privilege of, you know, whatever, like, you know, speaking from the woman's perspective, Mm -hmm. but like, um, or yeah, so there's the opposite side, but I just feel like sometimes we we can hide behind like what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. like, uh, be hide behind an identity and not really do everything that God's called us to do. We kind of, it's easy to do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing as well, I wanted to kind of almost like briefly kind of overview your story. Cause I think it's so powerful. And I think a lot of people can relate to this idea of, cause like to me, your journey of your life from childhood to now is a journey of the enemy trying to suppress your voice, destroy you, and then not that not working. And then you did discovering your voice, discovering your purpose, and now really being uh, a tool for the Lord. Not a tool because God doesn't do tools, but he does partners. But like really you partner with the Lord yeah. to bring a lot of transformation and healing uh, to families, to women, to whatever, to a lot of things like that. But like I think people will, will relate to the journey, story, uh, the journey. And I'll kind of maybe summarize it and then you can go into parts that, that you want to. Um, but like, again, since you first were able to start talking, I don't know how, how old is a child when they talk. It's been a while since we've had a child. Two. Two, so close to two. So the the enemy tries to attack your voice and your confidence. So you start stuttering. And that's from two to what, 15-ish or so? Yeah. And I remember dreaming up my careers. I'm like, what can I do where I don't have to speak? <laughs> is that sad? Yeah, yeah that is sad. <laughs> what can I find myself? Yeah. So like from a young age, the yeah. enemy attacks your voice because that yeah. that's part of the calling of your life, actually. Um, in many ways, your voice is a huge part of your calling. I think everyone has a voice. Everyone has a voice in them. Everyone has, you know, um, life in them to give to others. And so, um, but yeah, and then, and then probably at the age of like, what, six or so in your, in, in your life, now you're going through a situation where it's like, there's abuse and mm-hmm. probably for a period of what, 10 years you go through sexual uh, abuse, yeah, yeah, sexual abuse in your childhood, which is yeah. again a silencing of who you are in your yeah. voice. Yeah, confusing, and, silencing. Yeah. Yep, Especially confusing, in silencing, our, destructive. Right in our culture, right? It's yeah. not something that it's you know it's taboo to yeah. <laughs> to bring it up or talk about it. Yeah, discuss. And, it was, and, and even that, even what 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 happened to you, you went through completely alone and weren't yeah. really able to talk about it or even yeah. start a healing journey, and then. Um, by the age of like 18 or so, you go through a time where you have an encounter with the Lord, you get freedom and, and deliverance from the, the, those horrific things that happen in your life. But you, the, you, the healing journey doesn't start. So now the enemy has done his work. And now on the outside, you may have influence and kind of have a voice through maybe singing or worship or small group leading. But really like who you really are is still silenced and suppressed mm-hmm. through some of the trauma and brokenness. Right, because you got to walk out the healing. Yes, the healing is practiced mm-hmm. in walking it out with people. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about story, the parable, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because so many people haven't even told their story. Yeah. They are still silenced. Yeah. They're still silenced and they may so even have the, a voice the full calling to a degree. Hasn't even started yet. Yes. They may have a voice to a degree. They may have a platform and they're, you know, they're talking about important things things but their story has not been heard yet and it would be the enemy's way because ultimately it's amazing how many times I can share my story it's almost like the Lord just leads me there and how many people get mm-hmm. set free from that yeah. it's like it doesn't matter what profound truth I share it's still the story that they're yeah. deeply deeply connected yeah. to and it's like well if you could speak up about it maybe I have a chance to share for the first time and yeah. so can't even tell you how many yeah. women have shared their journeys with me for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so absolutely. And it's interesting because your story is either uh, a tool for healing or it's either a weapon against yourself. Wow. 
and wow. you'll either hear two responses like you need to hear my story or but you haven't heard my story yeah. and it's wow. funny that those two are brought yeah. up because wow. one is like self like putting yourself down mm. because of your story exactly because of your story and so the pressure you put pressure on your life right. and the other is a springboard you, have you heard my story yeah mm-hmm. and you're pushing yourself up and so that's that's what i feel too with the podcast is that like we not everyone can be on a, on on the podcast right it's just right. not possible, mm-hmm. but everybody should feel empowered to release That's a story good. because mm-hmm. the Bible shows that one of the most effective ways to reach an audience, to yeah. reach a people is through your story. Absolutely. That's right. And it's a worldwide, it doesn't even matter what you believe, but the story, mm-hmm. what you've been through, what you can share and how you've defeated it is the most effective way because uh, till creation, everything has been a story. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the one things that's stayed consistent um, since the beginning is right. the story, right? That's beautiful. And uh, even just back pick, to my timeline, babe. Yeah, back to <laughs> picking up on your story. But this is because this is so good. Like I think so from childhood, from two, then he's trying to silence you, suppress you. Then at six, for ten years, suppressing you through that mm-hmm. trauma. At uh, 18, there's freedom, but there's not healing and your story doesn't even begin really. Right. And then we're married. And then for the first few years of our marriage, you're, st- you're still not walking out full healing yet because there wasn't that like vulnerability to really talk about it and actually be whole. Because sometimes we think time will heal all things or sweep something under the rug. Um, when actually James 5.16 says that as you confess your issues, your faults, your sins one to another, that you're, you're yeah. healed. Right. Forgiveness we got we, we already got from the Lord, but the healing happens in that journey right. of opening up. And so I think like in Ventura, you know, when we spent nine years there in Southern California, um, we we started on did you started down a journey of really like getting your voice back. And I remember even sometimes like knowing that there's more in you and calling that out, but there was like fear. So mm-hmm. like at two there was a fear to talk. At five or six there was a fear of the nighttime. You know, there was a fear, 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 fear. And then like you go into this, uh, this wild group and at the very end of it, uh, is a passion project for you. And one of your greatest fears was like, my voice doesn't need to be heard. I have nothing to say. And so you actually jump off the cliff off of your fears and say, you know what? I'm actually going to write a song. Mm -hmm. Cause like, that's something that you, God's put in Mm -hmm. you for a long time, right? but the, nothing activated it. But here all of a sudden now you, 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 you become vulnerable in front of a group of people and you say, Hey, these are my fears that the enemy's tried to silence me since I was a kid. And then here you do the very thing that you're most afraid of, which is to, to share your story in your voice. Right. And it was crazy how like you had written some songs and you go in to record and the Holy Spirit's like, Nope, you're not going to record anything what am I going to record my recordings in, in an hour or whatever? And it, it's like, sit down and write. And 35 so minutes, yep, yeah. <laughs> in 35 minutes, a yeah. song, your first song that you ever released and your most popular one um, is titled no longer afraid. Mm. And it didn't come from your artistic writing, but it came as a download by the spirit of God. It's just like a and life was, journey it, story yeah, unfolded. Yeah. It unlocked for you. I feel like your voice to say like, I am not going to be suppressed by fear yeah. anymore. Like what happened to me when at two from six to 16, what happened to me throughout my life, like, isn't going to stop me. Isn't going to suppress me. Like I'm no longer afraid. And like, I remember you released that as a, that was your passion project right. and you wrote that song and released it. And then after that, you know, wrote a few more. Um, and actually crazy enough tomorrow, the Friday, the September the 25th, yeah. you're releasing another song. Um, yeah. I exalt, I'm super excited about that, but I just want to say how nice like little insert, babe. Yeah, <laughs> it's good because we're speaking of songs, but, um, like no, you're right. I think for me, it's beautiful how it, it's almost like this, the song was brewing for so long that mm-hmm. it needed that pressure to just like come Explode. forth, you know, that 35 minutes before. And I remember sitting at the piano weeping being like lord i have nothing to say i don't know what i'm supposed to say and it's just amazing to me that still to this day the testimonies that flood and if just people that don't know me will just write me that'll randomly it'll pop up on their spotify and they'll be like this song this guy actually from amsterdam a couple weeks ago contacted me and he was like on instagram he was like "I i had no 
I had no idea that a song could minister that deeply mm-hmm. to me. He was going through some really heavy anxiety attacks and it was playing wow. on repeat every night for two weeks. Wow. And he was like, that song brought me out of that heavy, dark season. Mm. And so I just, I think it's so, it's so powerful that you even shared that. I totally forgot, but, but just even those small steps of, allowing like being obedient right and like stepping Mm -hmm. out in those moments i think you know it's yeah it's it's powerful and i think sharing your journey sharing your pain being open not just with like me because like years into our marriage you started opening up about some dark places that you'd never shared because you shared a little bit but then it got deeper and deeper and deeper and as you became vulnerable with me with other people it led really to your freedom and i think that sometimes we think that like we can suppress stuff and it'll go away, but really yeah. what catapulted you into like the enemy tried to suppress your voice as a child, right. but the Lord's like, no, I need your voice. Right. And now you started singing and singing no longer afraid. And now you travel and speak. And now you're, you're leading a wild group, uh, you know, wild women in leadership development groups where women are being activated, their voices because their voice is needed. And I think that's so, um, so, so powerful that you are needed in the body of Christ. Your voice is needed, whoever you are, whatever your story is, um, that you uh, have something to give and the Lord is not done. And, uh, you know, like sometimes we're suppressed by things and we think, well, that won't work out for me because of this, that, or that, or that, or that, because my marriage, because of my childhood, because of my education, because of my parents, because of whatever. And, uh, and, and nothing can really stop, I think, except for us mm-hmm. and our mindset can yeah. really stop that. And so, um, absolutely. Yeah, I love it, guys. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> that was some good juice, gold nuggets galore. <laughs> and gold nuggets it might have seemed like Vic was talking a lot, but Vic was honoring the whole time. And so that's why it was so good. Aww. And that's part of why, like, that the marriage works mm-hmm. so well is because of the honor. And so we honor both of you guys that you guys are leaders to all people. You know, mm. it's not just women for you. I mean, you're Absolutely. you're impacting everybody who deals with fear, mm-hmm. anxiety, like lack of self-worth and you know, so you guys together as partners are doing a really good thing and you're changing the northwest and so really grateful for you guys coming on and we'll probably do it again. And I what I'm thinking is that people are going to want to maybe see a live, so I'm thinking we should do uh, an Instagram live yeah, and that fun. way people can ask questions because I'm 100% positive people have questions and yeah. people that's good uh, want to have, you know, particular instances and things that they want uh, to be answered right. um, to help them with their story right now. And so thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, bro. And, thank um, you for having us. Hoping to do it again. Thanks, Come guys. That's awesome. God bless. Bro, let me ask yeah, you a question. Up? What? Whether we include to, this or not, but we'll probably include why, it. <laughs> why don't why don't we ask you a question? Because you you interview so many people, but there's a lot of yeah. juice and nuggets in you. <laughs> but what would you say as far as someone that? Because I think even in thinking about your life and your journey, um, like you, you were believed in, I think, by your parents and given a lot of freedom. Yeah. But how did you discover kind of your voice, your calling, your purpose? And then, like, what would be the advice of like? Maybe someone has a different journey than you, but like, what's a key for someone to be empowered and to step out? Maybe some of the things that you overcame, some of the fears, some of the risks that you were willing to take. Like, what are what are a couple of keys yeah. that you've learned in your I, journey? I, I think it's important because not everyone has a family structured around um, t- totally trust and trusting um, God with their child and yeah. saying like, hey, like he can kind of just go like we trust yeah. you. We trust, trust you to the Lord. Doing. Exactly. Yeah. We trust you to the Lord. And so from birth, I was trusted to the Lord. Um, though I never stepped foot in a church until I was 16, my life had been entrusted mm-hmm. and dedicated to the Lord. Even within my wow. name, like there was a level of trust and expectation for my life. Um, so what I would say is like for uh, people who don't have a family that started that way or where from birth you were you had that around you, what I would say is, it's important to find people around you who are okay with you failing. That's mm. the biggest thing is so good. failure is actually one of the best gifts from God, in my opinion, because when you surround praise around failure and adoration towards God, you begin to see failure in a different way, right? And so you stumble and you say, well, thank you, God, that I got to go through this now 
So like this spirit of optimism Mm -hmm. and expectation for better in the future, right? Like the best is yet to come. And so you're like, thank God that I went through this today and not tomorrow or the, or, Mm -hmm. or in, in five years, because what you're doing in me now or what you're, what, whatever evil was done to me, you're going to reverse it and you're going to turn it into mm-hmm. a blessing for my life. And so I can know and be confident that everything I go through now, I have a reason to be optimistic because the future is brighter and you are taking me to a place where everything I've been through, everything yeah. I've encountered is forming my character and my personality and mm-hmm. how I approach things. Um, so I think number one is surrounding yourself with people who are okay with you failing. And, and then will second, encourage you. Exactly. In, in that. And they won't, they won't judge you, but they'll only reinforce you. And, and, and you know that they love you. Come on. And so that's a huge one. The next one is changing your perspective on failure and being Come okay on. with it. Because no successful person didn't go without failure. Come on. Right. right? It's actually the people who failed the most in life right. end up being the most successful because they have a revelation of what it means to fail. It means that it, 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 it's okay if you fail. It's when you repeat it over and over and you don't evolve from it. You don't it. learn from it. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't learn from it. And so if we have a perspective like, I want to learn from this. This is you guiding me, God. This is you changing me. Then it'll be a blessing for our life. It can be a curse, but it can also be a blessing for mm-hmm. our lives. And so understanding that, having the revelation for that. And then I think the last thing is my parents always put an image in my mind and said, uh, like, they always said like there will be you there will always be great like there will be greatness in your life right mm. and so putting an expectation for greatness in your life That's and good. never putting a cap on it and so from birth saying like even before i can consciously hear a word greatness being spoken over you come on and so whether you have a person in your life who can do that or not you yourself Speak can be the greatest yourself. advocate for yourself come right? on and so you're never alone because you yourself can be your advocate and so having the perspective that I don't live um, where I'm at today, right? That I may be, like we'll use finances as an example, like that mm-hmm. I may be broke today, but if I feel like I'm called to be a millionaire one day, live, live and act out your life in the way you carry yourself in your character as if you're already there. Come on. But live practically in the way and make steps to move forward. And so- what you're what you're saying is I'm okay I'm okay with being content with who I am today, but I'm gonna persistently desire to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you know the destination, um, it may take you five years, it may take you ten years, but if you stay to the pathway that it's leading to, then you'll get there no matter what. Come and on. so having that that faith that like. Whether it's one year or 10 years, I will get there if I continually believe and have faith in what I'm believing for or whatever someone has spoken over you. That's cool, and bro. So that's kind of like what has I love it. carried me through um, from, from, from a long period of time. And it's really reassuring to know that there are people standing behind you. Yeah. And they're okay with you if you fail. Yeah. If you mess up. Yeah. If you struggle. Um, and so I think that... That, that just provides a level of reassurance. Yeah. But even if you don't have that, knowing that there are people who you've never met and they're believing for someone yeah, in your good. shoes to, you know, grow and have, uh, you know, an understanding of that there's more to come for them. It's really you know? powerful, bro. So, good. so the three things to help empower people are surround yourself with people that are okay with you and will encourage you in your failure. Have a mindset that failure is your friend. It's mm-hmm. a stepping stone. And then speak encouragement to yourself, prophesy to yourself, speak yeah. life over yourself. Because mm-hmm. yeah. people may or may not do that, but you can mm-hmm. speak to yourself. David spoke to his soul, like, yeah. behold my soul. Bless yeah. the Lord, oh my soul. But I love that, bro. Yeah. Those are some nuggets, man. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. You love pulled it. it on me. <laughs> um, so thank you so much. Yep. It's an we're going we're gonna to wrap this up because we want to honor time. And uh, we hope like anyone who has questions, you can DM us, you can DM Vic, you can DM Anastasia yep. and we're going to do a live and we're going to, I'm going to volunteer them and we're going to do a live. <laughs> Hallelujah. Awesome. Let's so do it. We love you guys. Love you, bro. And stay encouraged. Yes. Thank you, Parable. We love you, Parable. <laughs> Subscribe, join, share, do it. Do it.